What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with episode 41 of Dynasty Decisions. If you guys are new around here, this is where we take your dynasty questions, your rookie draft questions, trade questions, am I rebuilding, am I contending type of questions, and we help you guys make those decisions, hence the name Dynasty Decisions. So if you guys want to be a part of future episodes, our patrons get first priority. You can uh, find the link down below, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange, but you can also reach out to us on Twitter or on discord. Both links are in the description for that as well. If you want to be on an episode of dynasty decisions in the future, but before we get into it, Danny, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, doing well. And uh, yeah, it's been a few weeks since we've been putting out some dynasty decisions that we know a lot of you guys have been on the back burner for a while. So just want to say, we appreciate you guys for being patient with us again, very hectic few week stretch with the NFL draft with Easter and just a lot of the content that we've been pushing out. So shout out for you guys for being patient in that regard, but just ready to get the series back underground. I mean, obviously you guys have shown a ton of support for the series since we first introduced it. And heck, I love making these videos. You love making these videos and we're going to keep pushing this content out for you guys. Yeah, of course. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, If you're a mother listening to this, if you got a wife or a mother, obviously say happy Mother's Day to those people as well. But like, comment, subscribe if you enjoyed. Now let's hit the intro. Okay, so the first team of the video is actually going to be from Ongonter. And as you guys can see, the team here is a 12-team Superflex tight end premium with four IDP spots, also being a half PPR. So the main piece on the team, as you see, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Jameis Winston, running backs, you know, J.K. Dobbins, etc. Wide receivers, Gabe Davis, Ayuk, Elijah Moore, a nice little young building block there. Tight ends, Pat Frymuth, Hunter Henry, etc. As well as... 2022, all of his picks being in an auction draft, and 2023, him having an extra first. So uh, overall, I mean, he also outlines here that he did trade Keenan Allen and Dallas Cotter for Hunter Henry, a first and a second. He says here, hey, I was hoping to be on the next episode of Dynasty Decisions. This is my first startup, and I saw straight away that I cannot compete first year. What did he do when he noticed that? He traded, as I mentioned, Keenan Allen and Goddard for Hunter Henry and what he expects to be a 2023 mid-first and a 2024 second. He basically wants to know what type of moves we should do now because he wants to try to make his competing window in 2023. So overall, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the trade first and then kind of get into some strategy to help you build this team out. But what are your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I, I like the trade if you're going to you know shift away, obviously, from more of a competing window to a rebuilding window. So I think you got good value there. Keenan Allen, to me, is worth about you know a late first round pick. And the fact that you got a likely mid first round pick to down tier from Goddard to Henry, and then you also pick up a second. So I like that trade. The 2022 draft is definitely interesting. I believe on going to actually asked us how to handle an auction draft a couple weeks ago. And we have never been in an auction rookie draft before. So we couldn't you know give you a, a straight answer. But I would say I'm not exactly sure how it works. If you have like a budget of some kind, I would be targeting like the undervalued, you know, rebuilding type of assets. So if you can get a value on a guy like Jamison Williams to add to this team because he's injured, he'd be the type of guy that I'd be targeting. I would not spend any money on Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker because you're in a rebuilding window, obviously, and you don't want to add running backs to your team. And also those guys are going to go for a lot because they're running backs also. So I'd be looking to target some undervalued wide receivers in your auction draft, probably Jamison Williams. Uh, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, David Bell, guys like that. I, I would take a swing at the big guys, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson. But if they're going for too much, then obviously pivot to those second tier guys. Yeah, no, I like it as well. And I would say um, in that position, I mean, you have a nice nucleus of young wide receivers they could build around, obviously, with, you know, Davis, Ayuk, and more in particular. Um, yeah, just keep adding to that. Obviously, you kind of mentioned with that 2022 class. In terms of trying to compete in 2023, you would probably need a lot to follow your way, in my opinion, because, again, we wouldn't advocate for spending capital on the running back position this year, given the fact that we want to build that nucleus. And I don't necessarily believe that you're going to have, you know, a rookie year running back right off the bat be able to carry you and the rest of your team to gold. So I would mostly say this is more so a 2024 retool. Once you get that 2023 capital added, those players develop by the time they're in their second year. And obviously these young receivers that you have develop into their prime that would be about the timeline i would say where you would contend 
Yeah, I, I'd say you'd have to get pretty lucky with your 2023 picks. Let's say, like, yeah. if you get one that's early and you get, you know, Gibbs and Sean Tucker with your two 2023 first, like, they'd have to be studs their rookie season, like Danny said, yeah. for you to be able to compete. And also, you'd have to have, you know, everything break right with the rest of your roster as well. So, I would say you're on the right track. You're definitely building 100%. out a pretty solid nucleus here. I would, uh, again, look to sell some of your competing pieces during the season, most likely, like CEH, Brandon Cooks, um, Jameis Winston, maybe if somebody wants to bite on him. I would, uh, I'd be looking to sell those guys, maybe Hunter Henry as well during the season and try and get as many second round picks as you can for, for pieces like that. Yep. No, I absolutely agree there, but either way, uh, moving off of on team, we can transition to the next team. That's going to be from chief shark bait, actually a member of our tone setter startup that we are currently in right now. A little shout out. He wanted us to basically review his team. He had a team for us here. So you guys can see here. Uh, headline the quarterback position, you got Drew Locke and Patrick Mahomes. At the running back position, you see Cam Akers, Kenyon Drake, uh, Travis Etienne, etc. Wide receivers, this is where you get the big boy. You got Justin Jefferson heading that group, along with guys like Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, etc. Tight end, you have Mark Andrews, along with a boatload of picks this year. So there weren't really any exact questions here, but in terms of him listing the picks there, I'm assuming he kind of wants a guide as to how he can spend his draft capital this year. So if we're talking that, I mean, that 105, myself and Corey are kind of in agreement that that 105 has got to be taken best player available. We currently have that top five tier, you know, the two running backs with Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, as well as those top three receivers with, you know, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burke. So that 105 should be spent uh, over there. In terms of your other picks, I would actually look to see if I can move maneuver up the board. We've kind of said that that 111 spot is the dead point, if you will, in drafts this year. If you could package, you know, the 111 and the 206 or the 111 and the 211 and maybe a future third or something and move up into that top eight or so area where, you know, you can still get a guy like Chris Olave. You can still get a guy like Sky Moore. You can still get a guy like uh, Jamison Williams at that point. That would kind of be my plan of action with this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably comfortable just hanging at the 111 and, and letting Jahan Dotson fall, most likely, because he typically does fall that far. That's fair. Um, but yeah, overall, I think with the 111, I'm, I'm looking towards a wide receiver, whether it is 100%. Dotson, whether it's, um, you know, David Bell, whether it's Christian Watson, or like Danny said, you want to take your 111 and your 211 and your 212 or something, maneuver up to 106, 10, uh, 107 or something like that, and secure one of those second tier wide receivers. Um, if you stay and stick and pick at 111, 206, 211, 212, um, I would say that that's going to be the sweet spot for guys like Wandell Robinson, John Mechie, Jalen Tolbert, yep. or um, Alec Pierce uh, for one or two of those picks. And then I'd probably be looking towards one of those day three running backs with good opportunity, like Damian Pierce, like Tyler Algier, like Isaiah Spiller, and maybe Rashad White's there at 206 or something like that. Uh, that's probably how I'd be looking to fill out this team. Um, he listed the team alphabetically. I mean, he, he's still got a pretty good nucleus. If it is a super flex league, then you're a little bit, you know, hamstrung at the quarterback position at the 111, Kenny Pickett would definitely be, you know, worth that pick as well. If you wanted to go in that direction, or if you wanted to maybe move up a spot or two to secure Kenny Pickett, I wouldn't hate that either. Yep. No, for sure. Again, we're, we're assuming it's a super flex, but if it's a one quarterback, obviously take that with a grain of salt, but either way, um, I mean, this team is very well set up uh, for the future and for the short term. I mean, having Patrick Mahomes as your main piece is obviously a nice, uh, nice little, leverage piece if you will there at the quarterback position and then you have a strong nucleus at the flex positions not to mention having a top two tight end in fantasy so overall good pathing there uh i like where you're at we can transition to the next team that's going to be from brian harris another patron i'll let you take it away with brian's team yeah so with brian's team you guys can see it there 12 team super flex half ppr uh, you got Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Trey Lance, pretty solid uh, quarterback core there, if I do say so myself. J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Tyler Algier, et cetera. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Ayuk, David Bell, et cetera, at wide receiver. T.J. Hawkinson at tight end also has um, pretty much all of his picks going into the future. He did. Uh, he basically said his roster's you know, about a top four team in the league, fourth best roster in the league after the rookie draft and after the trade that he made um, and the picks that he made in the rookie draft. So, um, he said his roster is by far the youngest of the contending teams. So most likely they have, you know, Travis Kelsey types and, you know, a bit of older players. His question basically is that should he ride this year out and try, um, you know, moving some of his older pieces or should he try and, you know, contend 
this season and uh, try and win it all. So let's let's review what he did with his rookie picks. I really love what he did with his rookie picks here. 105, instead of, you know, stick and picking and picking a player, he actually traded the 105 away for Elijah Moore and Kareem Hunt. Now, Elijah Moore versus, you know, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson is quite close in my rankings. But the fact that you got Kareem Hunt on top of that for a, a team that probably could compete if things break right for you, I think that's a pretty solid move there. And then obviously the other two, the other two uh, picks are just great values. 208 getting David Bell. Again, I think he should be off the board. You know, 201, first 202 round. at the latest, late first round is where I actually have him ranked. And then 305, Tyler Algier, who I have ranked as my 17th overall player. So he's a guy that I would take in the mid-second round. You got him in the mid-third. Yeah, I mean, can we quick? I mean, all of them are great values, but I'm just trying to baffle or uh, trying to wrap my head around the fact that it seems like there's such a buying window for Elijah Moore right now. Like I've seen trades on Twitter. I've seen trades on other podcasts. I've seen trades from you guys asking me in my DMs about what Elijah Moore's value is. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, you mentioned the 105 here. I would rather Elijah Moore over Kenneth Walker in my rankings if I was in a draft right now. So that should tell you that I per actually prefer Elijah Moore to the 105. So the fact that you got Elijah Moore and Kareem Hunt for the 105, taking advantage of that buyer's kind of uncertainty, if you will, if somebody had invested in Elijah Moore, given the fact that they, they invested Garrett Wilson, 10th overall pick, phenomenal move there. We don't really need to say much about David Bell. You guys would have seen our wide receiver rankings. This is a guy we're comfortable taking at the back of the first round. So 208, absolute robbery. And then Tyler Algier, I mean, you're getting a potential starting running back year one in the mid-third round of your draft. Yeah, for sure. So as far as his other questions are concerned, he asked basically, should I move some of my veteran pieces and, you know, make it this team really, really well suited to compete in 2023? Or should I, you know, sell future picks and try and compete this year? So the latter I would not do. I almost pretty much never advocate for doing that unless you're absolutely loaded at every yes. position because there's so much variance in fantasy football. Even if you're a playoff team, there's no guarantee that you're going to win the championship. So I would say that I would take the first option. If you want to go into this season, you can play with house money this year. You got a young team that could compete if things break right. But if they don't break right, you still have a young team. You're still going to be well set up in the future. So if you get to mid season and you know, you're an average team in your league and you want to sell Kareem Hunt, you want to sell Tyler Lockett, you want to sell maybe Kenny Galladay's having a bounce back season or something like that. And you can get a future second round pick or you could package a couple of those guys and get a future first or something like that. I would definitely be willing to do something like that because you should be well set up to compete 2023 and beyond. Like you said, of the top four rosters in your league, you definitely have the youngest team as well. So um, I'd probably, again, just play with house money this year. I also wouldn't hate the idea because I always talk about this. Danny and I kind of disagree on this, this premise, but I don't really like having three elite quarterbacks. I like having two elite quarterbacks and one solid quarterback as my QB three, because, you know, Trey Lance, if he's a stud this year, isn't going to see the field for your dynasty team because you have Watson and Kyler Murray, assuming Watson doesn't get suspended. So um, uh, uh, Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson, one of those guys, I'd float and trade off or see what you can net for them in a trade. If you can tear down from Trey Lance to Zach Wilson and get a 2023 first and a small piece like, you know, a Monroe St. Brown owner is like really upset with him or something like that. Maybe you have to throw a pick back their way to even it out. But if you can do something like that, downgrade your QB three, still get a solid QB three and maybe pick up a, a first rounder and a, a small piece on top of it. I'm definitely looking to do something like that, because like I said, I'm not the biggest proponent of having three elite quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I would the counter I would have to that is I'm fine with it if I'm not going all in. The reason being is if I'm not going all in, I want to hold as much value on my team as possible. Once you're ready to compete and once you realize, okay, I don't realistically need this third elite quarterback, that's when you can go all in. I mean, realistically here, if you can see yourself, you know, flipping, as I mentioned, or as you mentioned, Trey Lance and Trey Lance for Zach Wilson and maybe a first round pick or maybe a good young veteran piece, maybe something like that to help take you over the top when you're ready to contend, that's when I'm starting to float it out. But when I'm in a, you know, pseudo rebuild or pseudo re retool, and I don't necessarily need to quote unquote spread that value amongst my roster, I'm fine with just holding that valuable piece. I mean, as we know, um, aside from 2023 first being a gold mine, the other main gold mine in fantasy is young superstar potential quarterback. So, I mean, once you're ready to compete and you can transition, as Corey said, you know, Trey Lance into Zach Wilson plus, 
I would say that's more so a 2023 type of question for you. Again, this team, you could easily turn around by then, I would say. I mean, that you're in a good spot now. Add another 2023 first. Maybe when you're ready to compete at that point, flip Trey Lance to, as Corey said, Zach Wilson plus, you know, Derek Carr plus, something like that. Plus, I can see this team competing by 2023, yes. Yeah, and it also kind of mitigates the risk that we're hearing about Trey Lance right now, which is making me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. The, the fact that the 49ers camp is is saying, you know, they should have never spent this pick on him or he's behind it. Like, it, it's making me a little nervous, I will say. I don't think it's a slam dunk that he becomes an elite quarterback. I do think I, I'd still bet on it happening, but um, I am, you know, wondering that if you have a team like this and you want to cash out on, you know, Trey Lance's potential being the reason he's being drafted so high, then it definitely makes some sense for a team like this. So, uh, let's move on to the next team here. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, for sure. So the next team here is actually going to be from Brianna. So she uh, actually sent this via email. It says a 10-team, two-quarterback league, two wide receivers, running back, and a flex. So um, overall, she also says here that the max roster, she's currently at 34 out of 30. So she has to make four uh, decisions on in terms of her roster to cut down. Uh, and her rookie draft was a four-round rookie draft that was snake. So Overall, she lists her team here and some trades she made and also has a couple questions. So looking at the team, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and then uh, a log jam of, you know, Drew Locke, Davis Mills, uh, et cetera. There running back, you got DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. I mean, a lot of, lot of starting caliber running backs on this team. Wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, Amon St. Brown. Not much at wide receiver apart from those three. And then a tight end, I mean, Logan Thomas, you're kind of hoping the corpse of him uh, does end up coming back to fruition, which I don't think I'd bank on. But either way, let's look at the deals. You sent away um, Dak Prescott, George Kittle, Alvin Kamara, and Jordan Love in exchange for Kyler Murray, Amonor St. Brown, CEH, a first-rounder this year, 108, the 203 this year, as well as a 2023 20, second. So looking at this team, what are your thoughts here? Or I really trade. like getting Kyler Murray for sure. He's definitely an up tier from, from Dak Prescott. I'm trying to like equate Kyler Murray's value relative to Dak here within this trade. Like I would say Kyler Murray and you know, one of the seconds or something is worth Dak and Kamara or Dak and Kittle. Like that's probably the way I would look at it. That's um, fair. and then, you Go know, Amon Ra is a nice piece to acquire. I I'm just never going to want to acquire CEH. So I, I kind of just view him as a throw in, but maybe that's how the, the opposing manager viewed him as well. I, overall, I like the trade. I think you got yep. you know good value, especially considering you're kind of transitioning um, some of those win now running back pieces like like Kamara and like your tight end and Kittle into some more young pieces. So I, I do like that first trade. Obviously, it kind of takes you out of a competitive window for the most part because had you had Dak, Kittle, and Kamara, you'd probably be a little bit more competitive this year. But I do like the trade overall. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, the next trade she listed here. Um, are uh, so she sent away uh, Brandon Ayuk and Tyler Boyd in exchange for Davis Mills and AJ Dillon. So, what are your thoughts on this deal? I think Ayuk is the best player in the deal, yes. which kind of leans me towards that side of it. But if they, it's all going to hinge on what happens with Davis Mills, because if Davis Mills turns into you know a starting quarterback for the next couple of years, then you you rob this person blind. But I think Ayuk versus Dillon, I would definitely lean with Ayuk in that kind of discussion there, especially knowing that, you know, a wide receiver, you don't have the most, you know, plentiful group there. Um, I probably lean with the IUK side for now, but it, it hinges on, you know, Davis Mills potentially working out as a starter. Yeah, I don't mind the move. And uh, she also asked here uh, in terms of her rookie draft, what she should do. So as you see the picks there, 106, 108, 202, 203, 205, 306, and 405 this year kind of mentions a, a strategy where she wants to go wide receiver heavy with maybe a tight end sprinkled in there. I would agree with that, man. Uh, like, honestly, uh, if we're looking at it, 106, 108, take your pick. Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Jameson Williams, Jahan Dotson, uh, mix it, mix, pick and choose who you want. Two of those guys mix into that 106, 108. I have no problems with in terms of 202 and 203. Again, I would most likely just go best wide receiver available unless, you know, I think James Cook's most likely going to go high in your league because um, in general, like people are going to see the Buffalo. It is a 10 team or two. So that 202 and 203 is more like the, the 112 and uh, 201. So true. you should be able to get potentially like if you go and I will always advocate for Jamison Williams, if you're a rebuilding team as the 106. So if you're a rebuilding team, Jamison Williams would be the highest of the second tier wide receivers for me because, you know, long-term 
you don't have as much to worry about there. So if you go Jamison Williams at 106, say you go Sky Moore, Chris Olave at 108, there's a chance Jahan Dotson might be there for you at 202 because people are scared of Jahan Dotson, the Washington Commanders. And if you could somehow turn that 202 and 203 into Jahan Dotson and David Bell, then that would be awesome. And then at 205, like you said, Trey McBride. I don't think it's I don't think it's too early for Trey McBride. I, I it's a ten team league, so it might be a little early, but I do think he would really really help your tight end core. And it's not like we're talking about you know yeah. passing on elite prospects here at two hundred five. Like again, be wary if you know David Bell is on the board. Obviously, you know don't force the pick, but. I'm fine with taking Trey McBride in your situation because people are going to say, well, you don't don't pick for need. Well, I think McBride has kind of earned his place into that, you know, tier with, you know, the Wandales, the Mechies, the uh, day three running backs. I think McBride is a good enough tight end prospect that you're not forcing a need at that pick. You're just kind of picking within the tier. So if you wanted to go with McBride at 205, again, pending if a guy like David Bell is off the board, I don't mind allocating that pick there. So um, overall, I also don't mind too, with that 205, seeing what kind of veteran tight end you can get, but like a young guy. So if somebody on their team has um, Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Tommy Tremble, like a Bant. bunch of dudes like that, that are all kind of like dart throws. And you wanted to send that 205 away for Cole Komet and Tommy Tremble to get two you know, shots at a, a starting tight end in the future. I don't mind doing something like that instead of just taking McBride with that pick as well. Yeah, and I, I was also thinking maybe like a Noah Fant type, somebody scared about that Seattle landing spot. You capitalize, you get a young ascending talent like that. So uh, I wouldn't mind making that move. But overall, she also says here, um, again, over to the roster cap by four, kind of has an asterisk on some players that she would be considering on cutting. So, I mean, if we're looking here, the it's pretty pretty straightforward to me. Those three running backs that you outlined, 100%. I mean, I'm most likely. I'd just, keep Chuba Hubbard personally. Oh, Chuba Hubbard was in go- there. I yeah, I would go Patrick, Justin Jackson, Jeff yeah. Wilson, Cole Beasley. That would be the ones. That um, I would and I would rather Cole Beasley than Chris Carson. So I mean, sub that out. I thought I thought Chris Carson was the one that was asterisk, by the way. But either way, oh, with okay, Chris yeah, Carson, very, I didn't even yeah, I didn't even notice Chris Carson's name there. I, I wouldn't cut him just yet. I'd rather cut Cole Beasley because I think he you know he's an older player and um he could sign with another team but I'm, I'm not really all that excited i guess you're weaker at wide receiver though so that kind of does make sense That's why. if you want to go with carson instead uh she also has a couple things listed here currently shopping dalvin cook for two ones i mean yes I don't care what class if that that's in 2025. I don't give a shit. Two yeah. first round picks for Dalvin Dal, uh, for Dalvin Cook is pretty easy uh, decision for me to make. Uh, she said this is an orphan team took over mid 2021 first uh, dynasty place uh, fifth decided to rebuild uh, to be a contender very soon. Uh, basically, please grade the trades potential trades what to do for the draft and then yeah thinking wide receiver heavy. So overall, I think we covered pretty much everything with this team. I would just continue. You're building out some value in a pretty good way here. 100%. So yeah, just hammer wide receivers this year. Got a good draft class for it, and see if you can collect on uh, Dalvin Cook, like you mentioned. Yep. No, for sure. Uh, I would agree with you there. And I mean, that sounds like Christmas morning hearing uh, Dalvin Cook for two first round picks. Take the picks every day uh, in that scenario. But transitioning off of Brianna's team, we can go on to the next team. That's going to be from Kurt, aka Paco, from the YouTube live stream chat. A little shout out there. A uh, big big supporter of the channel we see him in almost every live stream so wanted to give that shout out because i mean you've earned it at this point he says here it's a one quarterback dynasty team he has 12 team ppr you see here in a one quarterback league trey lance is your main building block at the quarterback position running backs your main piece is jk dobbins tony pollard's a nice little depth piece for the future not necessarily a number number two running back wide receiver cd lamb michael gallup i mean I love all the Cowboy represent. He is a Cowboys fan because you also see Cole Komet and Dalton Schultz here, as well as the 104, the 203, the 209, 302, 304 this year, 320, 23 first, and all of his picks in 2024. So he kind of mentions here his plan is to go all in after I cash in on those first. And would that be the move to make in your opinion? So I'll let you talk about the team and I'll let you think uh, what are your thoughts on his kind of plan there? Yeah, I mean, it looks like a shallow dynasty league to me, at least just um, based on I just the, roster. the relevant names. I just right, right. Okay, names. so mostly fodder for the rest of his pieces yeah. here. Um, one hundred four. Obviously, you're going to get one of those top uh, top wide receivers, potentially Kenneth Walker, if you want to go in that direction. But I would lean with whatever one of London Wilson or Burks falls to you at that point. Um, again, two hundred three, two hundred nine. You should be able to get a solid wide receiver prospect there. I'd probably be looking to hammer wide receivers this year. You have three firsts in, in in next year's class, like you said. You should be able to get, you know, a running back or two in that class. And should I go all in after I cash these first? Probably not. I would say that your team's going to be young. It's going to be 
Agreed. You know, not a team that's in its prime necessarily. And your building blocks will still be in their prime by then too. So you don't really have to worry about that. I'd probably just be looking to make these picks, take the best player available, build out as solid of a team as I can. If you need to cash out on somebody by all means, um, whether it's a pick or a player and just continue to build this thing out. I probably wouldn't be too hasty to say, I'm going to go all in after I use all my 2023 first, because you need a lot to break. Right. Right. Obviously your rookies will have to come in right away and, and perform at a high level. And if you, I mean, if you have the one Oh one, the one Oh three and the one Oh five, then there's a good chance that that could happen. But at the same time, you don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse here. I would just continue to build out this team. 2024 would probably be my first competing window. Yep. No, I agree here. He also has, or I agree with everything you said. He also has a, a potential trade here. So um, a player in his league, an owner in his league is very, very interested in JK Dobbins. And he kind of wanted to run a scenario by us because he said that this guy's willing to quote unquote overpay from a market value for Dobbins. He says, uh, refuse to accept his current offer of 307 and a 2023 first, second, and third. And he also says here he wants him bad enough to the point that maybe I can get this trade offer as well as James Conner attached. So right off the bat, I just want to quickly want to say if you can get that package along with James Conner and then potentially flip Conner in season when he's producing, you know, top 15 type of RB numbers, I'd be more than willing to take this deal. Yeah, if, honestly, like I wouldn't even need that third um, in that trade offer that you said. I love J.K. Dobbins. I'm the J.K. Dobbins guy. A 2023 first and a second round pick is enough for me to move off of J.K. Dobbins, especially in your situation as a rebuilding team. So um, that first offer, I would just take that, honestly. 307, uh, 2023 first, a 2023 second, a 2023 third, I would just take that. Get J.K. Dobbins, get that RB production off your team, tank your pick for next year, and hopefully you got a shot at Bijan Robinson or you know JSN or, or Jordan Addison with a lot of your picks. So I would definitely say that um, I would probably just take the first offer. Yeah, James Conner's interesting because he's going to have more value in season, but it's a good enough offer that you have initially on the table, so I'm just cool taking that. Yeah, no, definitely fair. Uh, but overall, I mean, if you can add a fourth 2023 first to this team, really dominate that draft, monopolize that draft, and heck, if somebody's dying for one of the pieces, maybe you can even parlay that into – plus capital in 2024 you have a lot of leverage you have a lot of flexibility in the situation you're kind of putting uh, yourself in so just uh keep your head up keep grinding because uh, i mean i think you're in a good spot here in terms of your rookie picks i'm not sure again you haven't mentioned if you've used them yet but uh 104 you know best best overall wide receiver at this point especially given the fact that you're not ready to compete right now if you add you know a drake london or a Traylon burks or a garrett wilson to that core i really like that build, if you will, that structure, if you will, uh, in terms of making this thing uh, for the long term. 203, 209, 302, 304, just best player available. I mean, 203, if David Bell's there, obviously a value. 209, 302, 304, just maybe, you know, you take stabs on some of those, you know, day three running backs that land in an opportunity situation. You know, your Tyler Algier, your Damian Pierce, maybe if he falls, um, maybe a, a, you mix in a Trey McBride pick. Either way, I would just kind of attack this from a BPA standpoint. Yep, exactly. It's how you always want to do it for the most part in any kind of uh, situation, but especially when you're Big rebuilding facts. and you have zero team needs because you're not even trying to compete. That puts you in the best possible position. So let's get into the next team here. We have the Durf 1992 12 team Superflex PPR team. Uh, Rogers, Tua, and Baker at quarterback. Uh, Taylor, Najee, Kareem Hunt, et cetera, at running back. Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, Brandon Cooks, et cetera, at wide receiver. Travis Kelsey is his main tight end. Um, does have a 2023 first that's projected early next year as a bunch of seconds as well. But this year he's got the 107, 301, 308, and 401. So um, he actually, we covered this team for him a couple months ago in like February or so. Um, and he made a bunch of moves since then. And this is what he's dealing with now. And he basically just wants to hear our opinion on what to do with 107. He's very tempted to take Kenny Pickett because um, he doesn't love his quarterback situation. I would agree with you. You got an old, you know, 38 year old quarterback heading out your core and then, Tua, who's a bit of a question mark, and then a QB3 who's not even a starter right now. So I would say that Kenny Pickett at 107 is not necessarily what I would do. What I would do and what we've kind of talked about in the past is see what kind of veteran quarterback you should get with the 107. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, um, guys like that that you could probably get, you know, from a cheaper relative market standpoint. That's the move I would make, especially considering the fact, I mean, looking at your running backs, you know, Taylor, Najee, Hunt, uh, et cetera, there. Wide receivers, obviously, you got guy like Justin Jefferson heading that group there I would be looking to transition that way um I would say too um with those 
other picks that you have. I would kind of want more depth at my wide receiver position because right now you're currently relying upon after Jefferson and Cooks, you should probably be, you know, locked and loaded. I mean, Jefferson's going to be a locked and loaded top five receiver. Cooks is probably going to be a locked and loaded top 24 to 30 wide receiver at minimum. After that, I mean, I like Claypool's talent, but there's a murky situation there in Pittsburgh. And then after him, you don't really have many true building blocks at your wide receiver position. So um, overall, what, what would you think about that? Yeah, this team is kind of in a, a bit of a tough spot, Weird too, one. which is why I would not probably just prioritize getting a QB3 because yeah, agree. you will need to stay healthy to compete this year because your team is pretty thin, I would say. It doesn't have a whole lot of depth um, at quarterback, at running back. Like at Running back is your, like, your deepest position, and you really only have you know three guys that can compete with you, and then you have you know a 33-year-old tight end, a 38-year-old QB1. So I would say you're probably competing for this season, and then you're probably going to be transitioning this team next year if you don't win the championship. Absolutely. At least that's the way that I would probably handle it. And even this season, if if you're you know you get midway through the season, you're two and five, and a contender wants to buy Kelsey or, or Aaron Rodgers, like they're they're gone in a heartbeat yeah. for me. Uh, you do have a good amount of capital next year, which is a good thing, obviously, so that you can accelerate your rebuild a little bit. But if somebody you get to the you know the week seven or something, and you're two and five. And somebody wants to give you a 2023 first for Aaron Rodgers because he's playing at another, you know, MVP caliber type of season. I'd probably just do it at that point. Just just build out your team for the future because I mean things could go wrong for this team pretty quick too. Because if Tua plays like garbage this year, they're gonna be looking for a new quarterback. If Kelsey, you know, gets hurt this year, he's gonna have no value on the market. And outside of Jefferson, Taylor, and Najee, you don't really have a whole lot of building blocks long term at the moment. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of volatility here. Things can break, right? Again, you have the superstar talent that can win your weeks. But the problem is if you face one injury, you're in the mud. Like you are in the mud. And if in, if you're in that position, if you're in a position where one injury or one, you know, bust performance, if you will, during the season can tank your year, that I wouldn't consider that being, you know, in that top rarefied contender era. Because there's so much volatility to the point that you can win the championship. I agree. Like you have a couple really, really nice pieces here, a couple really superstar level players, but anything happens, I am tearing it down. Yeah. And to answer your original question, what to do with the 107, in your situation, I'd probably go with a guy like Chris Olave or Sky Moore, somebody yes. who should give you some good production early on, but who is also a rookie wide receiver. I probably wouldn't be looking towards Jamison Williams with this team just because he might not be on the field right away. You have one shot at this. I would say one more, one more one year chance to potentially compete. If you wanted to trade your three Oh one or your three Oh eight for like Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, somebody that could be a serviceable QB three for you for this season. That'd probably be the extent of what I'm looking to do at the quarterback position. But Kenny Pickett at 107, maybe you can trade down to like 110, 111. And at that point, I'm okay taking Kenny Pickett, but I'm not going to pass on, you know, Chris Olave or anybody like that in favor of Kenny Pickett just because I need a quarterback three, because I do think those guys are a tier above him in talent. So um bit of a tough spot for the Durf here. Hopefully you can uh, things can break right for you. But let's move on to Stonequist's team and I'll let you take it away with this. For sure here. So he mentions here it's a one quarterback, 10 team full PPR league. So uh, in a one quarterback league, the fact that you have, you know, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford and Zach Wilson, very, very loaded core there. Uh, running back, CMC, Swift, ETN, et cetera. There wide receiver, Godwin, Pittman, Amonra, Judy, Bateman, et cetera. And then at tight end, you have Kelsey Schultz and Njoku, as well as also having the 101, the 108, the 207, the 306, and a boatload of future capital as well that, that it looks here, you know, multiple thirds. Uh, all of your picks aside from your 2023 uh, and 2023 first. So overall, I mean, this is clearly a team in contending position. He mentions here that he has a potential trade on the table. Um, he'd be giving the 101 and the 306 in exchange for Deontay, Amari Cooper, and CEH. I'm just going to tell you right now, that is not enough for me to move off of Brees Hall. Yeah, Deontay versus the 101 is a conversation. I would say it's, it's pretty close, but Amari Cooper and CEH... Do they move the needle a little bit? No. Sure. But do they move the needle enough for me? I would rather, instead of, if, if you want to move off the 101 and Deontay Johnson's part of that package, see if he has like a little bit more of an appealing one piece to go with that. You know, take Amari Cooper and CEH out of that deal. If he has another young wide receiver, if he has another young running back that you can get instead of Amari Cooper and CEH, I would rather do that. But like Danny said, I think I would probably just stick and pick Brees Hall. Yep, for sure. Uh, and he also has a... Uh potential a couple potential trades that he can do so he would be giving in one scenario 
Chris Godwin, Travis Etienne, and Nico Collins in exchange for Javante. So basically Godwin and Etienne for Collins. Would you be willing to give up basically, you know, a top 20 wide receiver in Dynasty and top 15 running back to go up and get that superstar running back in Javante Williams? Given the current structure of your team, probably not. I would say Godwin is more important to your team right now as like your probably your second or best wide receiver uh, to the point that Javante, who's who's great, obviously, but from a contending standpoint, he's, you know, competing for your RB2 with Swift um, at that point. And from a team construction standpoint, I think that you're probably fine just leaving what you have. And overall value, too, I would say that that's two really solid pieces that you're giving up for one guy that that still has yet to prove prove uh, that he's going to be a superstar as well. So I, I probably would just hold with Godwin and ETN, but I understand the move if you wanted to make it, but you're also going to be adding Brees Hall to this team, right? So yeah. th- your running back core is going to be very, very loaded if you were to make a trade like that. But I typically don't like to build my entire team around a, 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 a loaded running back core. And yeah. you'd be really hamstrung at wide receiver if you made that move. Yep. No, I, I agree with that. I would hold your side there, given the structure of your team. You also list here that there's another potential trade that he can give the 101, Godwin, Bateman, and a 2023 second for Chase. Yeah, I love Jamar Chase, but that is too much. That's that's a haul. That's a hefty package that's, right there. If you think about it this way, Brees Hall in a startup is going about the late second round. He is the one and a half after him. Yeah, right. So Chase is going about, you know, mid to, to late first round. Would you give up Godwin, Bateman, and a 2023 second to go from the late second to the late, late first? And again, I, I think that's a, a little too, you know, um, rough way to think about it in terms of relative value because i mean there are tiers that you work within however i completely agree with you with the fact that even if you know you're moving up for a quarterback here like that would be a fucking price to pay but the fact that you're doing it again so much i love jamar chase it's not like he's kyler murray it's not like he's lamar jackson it's not like he's justin herbert he's still a wide receiver relative to uh market value long term although he is you know a locked and loaded franchise cornerstone piece like he doesn't move the needle, needle like an elite quarterback would. And the fact that I wouldn't be willing to pay that for an elite quarterback just kind of shows you that it's too much for Chase. Yeah, and the one thing I will say that I, I just remembered, this is a one-quarterback league, so Jamar Chase is actually a you know top two, three that is actually fair. in a startup. So he is probably worth a little bit more in a one-quarterback league because you don't have those elite quarterbacks. But still, I probably think this is a little too much to give up. With the, the buzz around Bateman, he's got a lot of value right now. Godwin obviously has a pretty good amount of value in Brees Hall obviously has a lot of value in a 2023 second is not nothing. So um, I'd probably just hold Pat again. You're, you're in a pretty good position to just spend your picks and compete this year. You spend that one-on-one on Brees Hall, 108, just take the best receiver available. Most likely uh, 207 and 306 best player available as well. And you should be ready to just go into the season. Kyler Murray, CMC, Swift, Godwin, Pittman, Kelsey, and then, you know, Brees Hall, ETN, and your flexes with, you know, Amon Ra, Judy, and Bateman kind of mixing in there as well. I think you're probably in a, a great spot to compete this year, even in a 10-teamer. I think you probably have one of the best teams in your league. Yep. No, I would agree with you with that. Uh, just, you know, keep your head down, keep grinding, and you will be fine here. But we can transition to the next team that's going to be from Lumber. And you guys can see the team here. It's a 10-team Superflex PPR league with a tight end premium. Uh, quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills is your Main guys there, wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, Devontae Smith, Amonra, LaVisca, etc. There. Running backs, you got DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, AJ Dillon in particular. And then at tight end, you kind of have, you know, uh, a, a young, talented duo with Fant and Komet, as well as also having the 102, the 202, the 302, 309, and the 402 here. He actually lists that uh, between the time that we he made the submission and the time that we're recording this, he actually did have his rookie draft. And in terms of the selections, he was able to get Drake London at that 102, exactly what we would do. And uh, he ended up getting Dawson at the 202. And he also acquired another 2023 second and first. So we'll get into that trade that he actually did. He traded away Terry McLaurin and AJ Dillon and received back in return. The 110, which resulted in him getting Sky Moore, a 2023 first round pick, a 2023 second round pick, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So right off the bat, I absolutely love this move. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could pull some shit like that in my yeah. league. I, like Terry McLaurin, as much as I like Terry McLaurin, like 
a 2023 first and a second is enough for me to move off of Terry McLaurin. I would Easily. rather have, you know, Sky more than AJ Dillon. And then you also get, you know, DPJ as kind of a sweetener to that deal. So I, I really do love that that move for you. I think you you netted positive. And obviously we don't know where that first is going to be, but if it ends up being, you know, early to mid, then you, you made out like a bandit in that trade. And then he also says potential deals I should be looking at making with my win now guys and grade my draft so far. So his draft, I would say is, you know, an A, it's exactly what I would do. Uh, yeah. Drake London at 102, Harvey. Sky Moore at 110, Jahan Dotson at 202. I probably can't give you a better grade than that. Uh, and then, <laughs> like you said, he is in a rebuild. What kind of deals should he be making to get some of his, you know, contending pieces off of his roster? As far as your roster is concerned, there's a couple guys that, you know, stand out. Like you have Miles Sanders types and, you know, guys like that. But those guys are going to be more likely valuable in season if they have any, you yep. know, kind of fantasy relevance. We'll know at that point in time. So, as far as those like contending pieces, there's probably not a whole lot you can do with them as it currently stands. I'd probably just be looking to um, go into the season. You know, you made your draft picks, you're filling out your roster. And if things break right for you, I wouldn't be shocked if you actually could compete this year as like a playoff team, probably not like the best team in your league, but like make the playoffs sneak into the back as like the five or six seed and, and, you know, play with house money this year. But um, you got obviously a very young team, a team that is ascending. And hopefully if you can hit on some of those picks, London sky Dotson, uh, that wide receiver core could be really, really young and really dangerous coming uh, into the next couple of years. Yep. No, I would agree with you there. Overall, uh, uh, just keep, you know, staying the course. And uh, yeah, you have, you have a very good young nucleus to this team. So good work there from Lumber. We can transition to the next team, and I'll let you take it away with Raggy Shoggers and his one quarterback non-PPR 12-team league. Yeah, so pretty simple question here. He just wants to know what to do with his picks. So in a one quarterback, you got Mahomes and Lance. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. Joe Mixon, yeah. Dalvin Cook, Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins is your top running backs. Godwin, Darnell Mooney, Christian Kirk, Jerry Judy, et cetera. At wide receiver, George Kittle is your tight end. So, you know, kind of a win now team, I would say. You got yeah. you look at the running backs. You got Mixon, Dalvin Cook heading up the uh, the core outside of the young guys with Javante and Dobbins. At your picks, at the 103, I'm probably looking towards adding, you know, wide receiver most likely because yeah. the running back core is already pretty loaded. The one thing I would say though, is before your draft, see what you can get for Joe Mixon or Dalvin cook. Cause if you could sell Dalvin cook for a 2023 first, and then at one Oh three, you want to grab Kenneth Walker to help kind of supplement that production. I don't think that's a terrible idea, or you could probably just be fine going into the season with Joe Mixon, Javante Williams and JK Dobbins and yeah. be fine from that perspective and add a wide receiver. But that's kind of a side note. Just if you left the seam the way it is and spent your picks, I'd probably be looking towards Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, or Drake London with that first pick. And then at the 110, typically you're going to see, you know, Sky Moore, David Bell, um, Jahan Dotson. One of those guys will be on the board for you. Um, the way I'd kind of pick them, like I said, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, and David Bell would be how I'd rank those guys. And then at the 408, I mean, take whatever shot you feel like taking. Uh, you have all your 2023 picks. So, uh, win now team again, always looking to sell Dalvin cook. If you're a win now team, I'm less likely to sell Joe Mixon because I do think he's going to probably be pretty good again this year, but he does have a lot of market value. So I'd also float him out on, on the open market as well, because if you can, you know, theoretically down tier from a win now perspective, get a little bit younger at the position, pick up a 2023 first, I'm always going to be looking to do something like that. But I mean, given that you have a, a competitive win now team, I don't mind just holding those guys either. Yep. No, I agree with you there. I mean, you are in a very good spot here. Um, yeah, just look, you know, 103, uh, pending what you do with Mixon and Cook, that's either going to be the best receiver available or heck. I mean, you mentioned, you know, flipping them for future capital. If you can flip, you know, Cook or Mixon uh, into, you know, an elite young wide receiver, uh, I'd be looking to do that. Like if you can get, you know, a couple of nice young uh, wide receiver pieces that can still help contribute to your win now, you know structure of your team i'd be looking to do that then you know 103 if you want to add kenneth walker and you have a nucleus of javante walker and dobbins to compete this year while also adding elite talent at the wide receiver position you could even further your team uh in terms of being uh that top contender so um yeah no that, that i'd be looking to gauge your market there because uh, i know in a lot of leagues a lot of people have a high value of mixing and cook so if you can get you know similarly uh you know, ADP wise wide receivers in that range, as well as getting younger and projecting more value long-term go and do it. Yeah. I'll give you some names because Danny was clearly forgetting them right there. DJ Moore, yeah. Deontay Johnson, uh, Elijah yeah. Moore, uh, any of the the young rookie wide receivers, if you can flip Joe Mixon into the one Oh four or something and add, you know, Garrett Wilson or, or Traylon Burks, 
or something like that. Uh, anybody in that territory would be who I'd be looking to get for Joe Mixon and Dalva Cook, especially if these guys are more you know casual players. You might even be able to get better receivers than the ones that I just mentioned. Uh, so let's get into the final team of the video. Metzger's team. I'll let you uh, take it away with him. I see a 10-team league with a 1.7 uh, tight end premium in a full PPR, which is very, very exact. He says he had uh, the startup earlier this winter, and we just actually had our rookie draft. So overall, he kind of wanted us to outline his team and the moves that he made both in the startup and in the rookie draft. So you guys can see um, he ended up uh, shipping in the startup draft the 410 and the 501 for the 205. And when we contextualize the names that were actually involved, he basically ended up trading J.K. Dobbins and Deontay Johnson in exchange for DeAndre Swift. So uh, what are your thoughts on this move there, Corey? I like the Dobbins side of it, personally. I, I like I Dobbins. Everyone knows I love Dobbins. But I, I the difference between Dobbins and Swift to me is a lot smaller than Deontay Johnson. That's a pretty big piece to give up uh, to get there. And it just in a startup value trade, would I want to trade down from two, five to get four ten and five Oh one. If it was me trading down from the two, five. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I would, I would love to get a package like that. Cause I know in that fourth round and early fifth round, you're going to get guys like that. Dobbins, Deontay Johnson types, DJ Moore, whatever, like that territory of, of receivers and running back talent is pretty solid. Still. It's not like you're giving up, you know, going down to like the sixth, seventh, eighth round where it drops off a little bit more. So yeah, I, I personally do like the side of the four ten and the five one. Yep, for sure. Uh, he also listed here that he dealt his 2023 first in the startup as well as Noah Fant basically at the 10, 10 in exchange for the six Oh two, which he used on David Montgomery. I mean, looking at this trade, I would personally say that the 2023 first is probably around a round five round six pick in the startup so if you dealt that in the 10 10 for the 602 yeah i'm not a big fan of the value yeah me and danny are also like polar opposite like the strategy that you took which was go up and get the studs go up and get you know win now type of pieces using your 2023 first we're typically taking the opposite side yeah. of that spectrum where we're trading down and taking people's 2023 first and letting them give us mid round picks for the high end picks. So yeah, I think I do lean the other way on both of the trades you made, unfortunately, but you still have built out a pretty good team regardless of that. So he also talks about uh, during the preseason that he made some trades, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Davis Mills. So you trade away all those guys by the looks of it in exchange for the 102, the 109, 301, Darnell Mooney. And I don't know who that last name is. It didn't really say there on the, the screenshot or the, the pick I was sent, but either way, even if, you know, those, I think, we'll it's, Jacoby it's, Myers. I think it's Jacoby Myers. If it's Jacoby Myers, I mean, heck, I mean, you know, that's about, you know, an early three late two type of value there. So we'll just consider that. But even if you didn't even get Jacoby Myers, I really, really like this move for you. I mean, I would prefer one Oh two over probably Chubb and, Monty, I'd say Chubb, Carson, and Mills. I'd rather have the 102, and then I'd rather have the 109 in the 301 than than Monty or the 109 and Darnell Mooney than Montgomery, yeah. like pretty easily. So yeah, I really like. Again, you didn't necessarily do the greatest job in the startup in terms of those trades, but you definitely made up for it with these moves here. So I really, really love that trade. I think you got a lot of good value there. Yep, for sure. He also notes here that during the draft, he also made a few moves. So he traded away the 102, which he uh, which was used on Kenneth Walker as well as the 107, which was used on Sky Moore. And he ended up going up and getting Brees Hall. I love Brees Hall. That's that's a big price. Yeah, if it's Walker and more for Brees, then I don't mind that. If it was, if it was London, London and, more and more for Brees, then yeah. I'd probably take the, the 102, 107 side. But if you Agreed. just told me straight up Walker and more for Brees, I, I think it's Agreed. a little bit more you know digestible. But if that was London, I'd probably take the 102 and 107 side. Agreed with you there. Yeah. Again, the guy used it on, on Kenneth Walker, but um, you know, you substitute Drake London's name in there. I would want that side, but I mean, if we're talking about startup value, you know, Walker's probably, you know, around five ish type of pick sky Moore's probably, you know, like around seven ish round eight ish type of pick. And obviously, I mean, we, we know Brees Hall is uh, the back of the second. So from a startup value standpoint, you, you made out well, it's just if you ended up using that pick on Drake London, who we've seen kind of, edge on that three, four turn, it would have been a little steep. Yeah. Well, in the startup that we're doing with our tone setters right now, Drake London went, I believe at like the three, eight, three, oh, so eight. He, yeah. he's still pretty, he's pretty high up there and it's like a less than a round difference between where he and Brees Hall went. So that would be a pretty big 
uh, discrepancy as far as that trade goes. The other trade that he has here, he has the 109. Looks like he gave away the 109 and Tyler Boyd, and he got uh, Zeke and Amari. Co- Wait, hold on. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Zeke. Okay, so Zeke and Amari Cooper in exchange for the 109 and Tyler Boyd. I mean, I'll let you handle this as the resident Cowboys fan. Yeah, I mean, when you contextualize that, he took James Cook with the pick. Um, you know, he he, he kind of screwed that up. But um, this is probably about relative value. I mean, I'd probably peg Amari and Zeke as both early second round relative value. So where we actually value James Cook. So I would say that's so. probably a pretty fair trade. Again, thankfully, the guy took took James Cook with that trade with that pick. But uh, had he picked you know, Jamison Williams or went at 107. So yeah, if yeah, Jamison Williams or Chris Olave goes there, I'd probably take that side over the Zeke and Amari Cooper side, but uh, I don't mind the Zeke and Amari side there. And then the final yeah. trade here, you've got 2023 second, 2023 third um, for Kenny Pickett. So I'm that, that, that move I'm fine with You give away a second and a third in yeah. exchange for a first round quarterback that ended up falling. It's a 10 team league. So it's, you know, understandable why he fell a little bit, but I do like that assuming this is a super flex league, which I believe it is. So um, yeah, Kenny Pickett there at the 202. I think that's fun. But yeah, yeah, he just wanted to shout out, you know, Danny's boy, Mechie. Uh, this guy's going to be terrorizing NFL players just like he was terrorizing the OVFL back in the day. So uh, shout out there. Hopefully he can develop into a main piece of your team there. It'll also be a nice little flex piece, flex piece from my standpoint. Yeah, overall, you got a, a pretty strong team. I would say that, you know, there was definitely some moves that we disagreed with, some moves that we agreed with, but um well, well set up, I would say, to make at least a, a run this season. With, I mean, looking at your starting lineup, you should have, you know, a pretty good. Yep. You know, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers as your top two quarterbacks, DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall, Ezekiel Elliott as your top three guys, AJ Brown, Mike Evans, Mike Williams, you know, Cooper, Mooney, number of other guys there, and Mark Andrews. So, uh, I would say, competitive wise, you should be in a good spot to uh, to try and hoist a championship this year. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, this is a very loaded team, and go out and compete. I mean, the one thing I will say is you you mentioned you you traded up for Kenny Pickett. If you can transition, you know, given the structure of your team and transition, you know, Pickett. I, I mean, we keep throwing these names around, but transition Pickett into a Derek Carr or transition Pickett into a, uh, a Kirk Cousins. I mean, this team, this team can flat out win the whole thing this year. If you can get, you know, sustained top 15 quarterback production out of, you know, one of those veteran signal callers as opposed to Kenny Pickett, I'd look to do that. But aside from that, I mean, this is a very, very well built team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it, the other thing too is, I mean, I know you just traded for him, but I would see what you can get for Ezekiel Elliott because I just like, <laughs> he's just a, he's just a walking eyesore for any team for me. So like if you can transition him into a young running back, like ETN who hasn't proven it yet, because in, you know, more casual leagues, people aren't just, they're just going to gravitate towards uh, the devil they know. So if you can, if you can trade Ezekiel Elliott and maybe you have to throw in a pick or something like that to get off of him into Travis ETN or, you know, somebody like that, I still would be looking to make a move like that, but that's pretty much the only thing that stands out to me aside from just going out and trying to win. All right. So that is the end of the video guys. If you made it this far, you know, comment down below any of your thoughts, any trade questions, dynasty questions, we will get to them. Hit the like button while you're down there and subscribe to the channel. If you are new as well, really appreciate all the support you guys show on this series on, you know, our channel in general. So definitely appreciate you guys. Again, if you want to be a member of uh, dynasty decisions or a part of dynasty decisions episodes in the future, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. We'll help you skip the line. Make sure your question gets answered. And if you want to just join the queue, uh, we'll, we will try and run a doubleheader next week because we we did miss a week because of the NFL draft. So uh, send your questions in Twitter, Discord, etc. Links are down below in the description. Peace out, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>